yeah, I mean, like, I think that we're doing good. Uh, I also think that we made a crazy decision as soon as quarantine actually started, which was to go from doing a weekly podcast to doing a daily one, which is, you know, if the world is going upside down, you might as well just like dive full, like straight into it. And yeah. so we did this thing where we were doing a daily podcast, calling three people a day, and that kept us on a schedule. And also it kept us just working, you know, 24 hours a day, basically. So I, I think it was helpful in in a way because while people didn't know what to do, at least we did. You could yeah. wake up with a purpose. You, you knew that you had these things to do. And by the end of the day, you had a product that you could put out and then the next day start all over again. So that was, yeah. it was helpful to us. And I think that um, for our listeners out there, it was nice because it provided a lot of content for people who didn't know what to do, didn't know how to think. And man, maybe we could just, again, pardon the pun, but waste some time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, um, after listening to the show, and definitely after getting into the sketches, you could you could feel the hip hop background that you two have. Um, when did Eric and Jeff discover hip hop, and when did it become a, uh, something that you you involved in your life every day? Yeah, we're um, we're children of this era. You know, we uh, we 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 were born at, at the right time. You know, it was something where we grew up thirty minutes north of New York City. Hot ninety seven was in our lives for our whole lives. Um, you know, Funkmaster Flex, Angie Martinez, um, Star and Buckwild, uh, Ed and Dre. You talk about like, you know, all of the uh, Green Lantern and and Cypher Sounds on Saturdays and and K-Slay and all these different DJs um, who would just, you know, spin the soundtracks to our lives. We couldn't help but but love it. But then we took it to the extra level, which was, you know, we would we would go buy CDs and check out all the liner notes and and study scratch magazine and source magazine and double xl and vibe and and read up on all these people and want to know what was going on behind the scenes and we were outsiders who had an insider's knowledge you know what i'm saying so so we always loved from afar but the real turning point was and you know we, we were lucky enough to have some just amazing music in our in our in our headphones so you're talking about like bad boy stuff, you're talking about Rough Riders stuff, you're talking about Rockefeller stuff, you're talking Nerd, about Murder, Inc., Dipset, and Timbaland, and Outcast. Missy, and just everybody. So um, with that in your life, it's, it's, it's hard not to, um, you know, eat, drink, and sleep that. So anyway, by the, by the time that, you know, our Napster was heavy in our lives, and we've gone from, like, buying CDs to, like, uh -huh. downloading whatever mixtapes you could find, then, like, you know, anything that, you know, this kid named Kanye West was producing and rapping out of Chicago, and we're like, we just need all of that. And anything that like tangentially involved him and maybe people even mislabeled it. It was just like yeah. download everything, right? So then it's like, you get obsessed with this kid. Okay, he's, he's on the far fringes of Rockefeller. And like, you know, we loved, we loved every Rockefeller release, all the state property stuff. You know, you talk about like when Dipset came and joined them, it was just everything. So you know, every person on that roster, we're just paying super attention to. And then Kanye West just like sticks out as this like really different and interesting dude. And we're like, well, you know, his sound is everything. He's talking about different stuff. Like, I really like what he's doing for, you know, Jay and Scarface and Beanie and, and you know, Cam. And, and so you, you, you pay attention to it. And then you read up about his team and you want to be a part of this stuff. And, and um, I with our other brother, Dan, went down to Asbury Park, New Jersey for a Kanye West concert before college dropout. Um, 
This is when Don C, who everybody knows now from being, you know, a fashion icon and a sneaker designer yeah. and everything, was was one of uh, Kanye's managers, and he was also DJ Offbeat behind, uh, you know, the decks on stage. You had John Stevens. Well, off the iPad, off iPod. But whatever. No, it was a push button DJ. Yeah. But um, crazy. Yeah. Then you had John John Stevens playing keys, and that later became John Legend. And so anyway, afterwards. We waited outside by the bus, met Consequence. I was like, yo, how do I get in touch with, with John Monopoly? And he was like, he's not here, but if you buy two CDs, I'll introduce you. To <laughs> so I did, and he signed them. So shout out to Consequence. And that, that started this relationship with that camp. And less than a year later, I was their camera guy out in Los Angeles for the Grammy Awards. And, um, and you know, that turned into this whole career where uh, – you know, I got in the business, I got to see what was going on behind the business and, uh, and, and, and enjoy the business, right? And, and still I'm an outsider, but I'm still like inching my way in. Yep. And then Jeff and I decided to, to act on it. You know, our mom, and this is a mother's thing, right? She's always like, you know, super proud of her kids, but it's like, you should be in front of the camera, not just behind the camera. And one day it's like, well, I guess you're right. And so- Wait, she said that? She said that to me, yeah. And so we, we designed this show where we would do these sketches and, um, and when no one really bit on the idea, we thought, let's treat this as a professional operation. We have something to say. Let's do it like it's a TV show, as in put it out there on a weekly basis. Every Monday morning, you know you're going to get something new, something different. It's going to be like, like talking in the same language as people who really like are living in New York City and are about that life. Well, you know, we'll look at it through our perspective yeah. and just have a funny twist on it. And we had a camera and we had friends and we would write these sketches and we would put them out every single Monday morning. We did that for three and a half years. And so, you know, when you do something different, especially in this business, people take note. And when you do it with consistency and quality, people really take to it. So all of a sudden, these videos that like no one knows who we are and no one knows what's going on with it. No one knows this is an independent operation out of our parents, you know crib 30 minutes north of new york city we haven't even moved to the city yet but all of a sudden you get phone calls from people like bun b and then the next thing you know you're doing something with the clips and the next thing you know nick cannon wants to be a part of it or max b cameron or amanda or, seals yeah. and you know all these people get involved fallout boy and gym class heroes and and then you establish yourself as a trusted voice all these artists really mess with you and you know you become people who other people look up to and then you just keep, you try to stay ahead of, of the curve. You try yeah. not to get locked into something regular or boring. And, um, and you always want to up the, the level for yourself too. So we wanted to provide something, a different voice that was, was never taking away from what had already been built. We wanted to stand on the shoulders of those who had already come before us and yeah. do something that was true to, to, the, the culture and yeah. the music that we love. But also just be smart and funny. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I think that's the thing, key thing for me when I started watching them. They were smart and they were funny. And, and, and especially like one of the key ones that jumped out to me was the letters to Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt Cameron could be a star in any TV show. And watching Letters to Cameron made me feel like, yeah, I could have watched that every Monday. Like, crazy, right? Cameron read letters from people and just be like, fuck out of here. Well, the crazy thing about that one was, well, there's a, there's a few crazy things. Uh, so Joey IE, who was the executive behind Asylum Records, 
came up to us at SOBs here in New York. And it's a, a, a venue and he walked through the crowd. He comes over to us, he says, do you want to do a, a sketch with Cameron? We said, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So one day we get a phone call and it's like 2.15 in the afternoon. And Joey Aie says, Cam's in the office right now. And you need to get here in 15 minutes or else you'll never see him again. Or he's like, he'll get on a plane and, and you know, Cam's that type of guy who's, you know, he's, he's like a unicorn, you know, yeah. maybe he's you're going to, or he's not. Yeah. Maybe you're going to do something. Maybe you're not. And so we hightailed it down uh, to Midtown Manhattan and we shot the sketch. Cam was like a dream to work with. He was like, in, you know, we had worked with a bunch of people before that, but Cam was asking us like, Hey, did I do that right? He was can the first person to, to, to really like treat us like, like we knew what we were doing. Like we knew what we were doing, exactly. Yeah. And, and so we did the, the thing, Cameron was perfect, and, um, and the video went on to, you know, probably be our biggest one ever. Um, what, you would say, what, Max B? And there's, I don't know, there's so many. But, or uh, and, Slaughterhouse. Or, or the- Slaughterhouse is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But, but the, cam, the cam one meant a lot to us too, because um, we, we felt that good energy in terms of like, you're reading our lines the way we want them to be read, you know? And, and I think that it was, we just wanted to do things that were so different in left field. And, and that was, that was one. And, and also like put the artist in the best light, you know? Yeah. So Cam, you talk to him, you know, if anybody talks to him, you know, he loves comedy. He loves Kirby enthusiasm. He loves Larry David. All he wants to do is comedy. Like rapping is easy for him. He wants to like express himself in that, in that different way yeah. and we provided a lane. And so ever since then, it's been like, yo, when are we doing something else? Yeah. I'd pay good money to see Cameron play a Kirby enthusiasm type show. I, yeah. I'd pay I mean, that's good, all he wants. Yeah. Good money, but I'd love to see that, man. But yeah, you work really well with those type of artists. I thought the same thing with Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse, yeah. if you ever met them in real life, they're kind of uptight, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're from their environments. So to get them out of their lane and get them almost into an R&B 80s commercial vibe was hilarious, man. Thank you. Thank you. That one was a little nervous for us, too, because... Well, we knew Joe. Yep. And we knew Joel, but we didn't know Royce or Crook at that point. And so going into the studio, we're pitching them this idea, 